The Buff First Stretch podcast taps into the extraordinary endeavors that ordinary humans are doing daily to better their lives and their community. The goal of these conversations is to lengthen and extend our perspective on fitness, nutrition, holistic health, the mind-body connection, and what motivates us. The final portion of each episode will provide a guided meditation to self-reflect on the theme of the interview. Brought to you by Jennifer McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Hi everyone, welcome back to But First Stretch. I am Jen McCracken and I'm so glad that you are joining me today. Today I have a special guest joining me to discuss, ironically, stretching. So one thing about me is that I love to talk about stretching. Um, As a coach, as somebody who is a yoga teacher, it is something that I'm really passionate about. So I apologize because it's just something that really inspires me, Um, especially when to stretch versus when to strengthen. Super important when we look at staying injury-free and avoiding any kind of tension in the body. Um, There's been a lot of debate about this in the health and fitness world, especially um, from even the time I was in high school or middle school, how we look at stretching for the youth is so different today than it was back then. And we'll talk a little bit about it with Coach Christy. Um, So our guest today is a community staple here. She is Christy Campbell, runner and coach owner of Run the Long Road. And she leads Tuesday night Conchi Running Club workouts at 6.30 p.m. So you can meet up at the Conchhocken Brewery or the PW Track. So if you follow Conchi Running on Facebook or Instagram, they will let you know when and where and what the workouts are. So Tuesday night is awesome. Coach Christy does a really nice job. And what's really awesome about it is that she plans the events for certain local races. So she will do a series in the fall that leads you up to the Philadelphia Marathon. Right now, she's going to be starting to work on the Love Run Prep, Broad Street Run Prep. So definitely, if you have time, 6.30 p.m. on Tuesdays, I highly suggest taking a look at it. And what's awesome is that it's for all levels, so really don't feel scared or nervous to join. I know that was something I felt when I first started going, but everyone there is so welcoming, and she will make you feel right at home. Christy also co-leads the Yoga for Athletes workshop with me at Yoga Home in Conchahokan. Um, We're really going to be talking about this today, and definitely a shameless plug, you should really sign up for it. It's February 15th from 1 to 3 p.m., and it's the best time to kind of work on stretching, strengthening, learning proper techniques to get you started for the spring season and even into the fall running season. And I will say, even though it is geared towards runners, we would love for other athletes to come. So if you're a rower, if you are, if you do basketball, if you're a gym rat and you love to go to the gym, I highly suggest this. I know that um, it's something that we tend to forget about, and we'll even talk about that today, like stretching, like how we can remember to do the proper stretches after the workout. So you should absolutely sign up. I have um, a link in the episode below, so in the episode's notes on how to join us. Christy is also excellent on time management. 
Besides running this profitable business, she has her hands full with two children. Uh, one was born a month before my daughter, so in May. Actually, he was born Mother's Day, and my daughter was born Father's Day. So catching up with Christy is always a really fun time because we also have all these like funny side stories um, about our children, about running, and she's honestly so fabulous, someone I look up to. I also want to extend a huge heartfelt thank you to everyone who has been sending me encouraging messages, sharing, but first stretch, and even people who are telling me what they like about the episodes. It means so much that you're listening, that you're downloading and sharing on Spotify and iTunes. Also, if there is something that you want to hear, please let me know. I know that I'm sharing my story, but I would love to share your story. That's what this podcast is about. It's about the community, the nation, the world at large, and how we as individuals make an impact on the globe. So please um, reach out to me. You can follow me at Jen McCracken and FitFamConchi on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Let's get ready to stretch our mind, body, and soul with Coach Christy. Hi, Christy. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm Christy Campbell. I am the owner of Run the Long Road Coaching. Um, mainly, I work with distance runners. So folks, uh, half marathon up through the ultra distance, um, but mostly marathoners. That's like my favorite distance. And uh, yeah, so I also work with our local running club here, uh, Conchi Running, and I do the Tuesday night workouts. Yeah, those are awesome. If you have not been to a Tuesday night workout, you should really take advantage of it. It's it's awesome. Like anytime there's a big local run, I know you have like a build up training mm -hmm. on Tuesday nights. Yes. Uh, those are 6.30 p.m., right? 6.30, yeah. Awesome. Um, so how'd you get into running? So it, it's funny. I was, running was something I always wanted to do um, in high school, and and I was in competitive cheerleading since I was six. So that being year-round um, kind of took up most of my time. So I could never um, run, like do track or cross-country. Um, so I, I cheered through college. So after college, I um, went to grad school, sitting and studying a lot, and was like, you know, let's give this running thing a try. So just as a way to kind of break up the sitting and the studying all the time. So I went to the gym, running on a treadmill, then started, I was living in D.C. at the time, so started running outside. I think D.C. is like the best place to start running because there's so many great places to run. Um, and then I, you know, as everyone, you fall in love with it, you sign up for a few races, and you get the bug. So the running bug. Oh my gosh, I had no idea you were a cheerleader. Yes. A lot of people, um, after I say it, they're like, oh, I can kind of see that. But yeah, that was um, my life since I was like 6 to 21. That's all I did. And I think what's cool about that too is that as a coach, that's kind of another hat that you wear, right? I am a cheerleader for people. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's when people go, oh, I can kind of see that. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, so. So you started running and then... How much later, or like what inspired you to get certified to become a run coach? Um, so this is a funny question. So I think a couple years ago, I was running, and it kind of became crystal clear to me how I got here. You know, like you have all those great ideas on a run, and this is one of those times I was like, wow, this is why I'm a running coach. Um, 
So looking back in like high school and college, I was always, all my activities had the common theme of being like a coach and a mentor on everything I was involved in. I really kind of gravitated towards that. And then um, I'm a total, I'm a science nerd. Um, Both of my degrees are in science. I love anatomy and physiology. So that appeals to me. Um, And then just with my starting, when I was starting to run, you know, I wanted to get better at it. So I'm like, how do I get better? So I was doing my own research. So I feel like um, all three of them kind of make the perfect storm to make a running coach. And it's almost like, you know, like all these things came like, oh, okay. I was always into coaching and mentoring and the science and the running being my sport now. And I just can't imagine doing anything else with my life. I honestly feel like this is what I was meant to do. So it's pretty amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. And I feel like the science and math perspective of running is so important. Yes. I know. It's it's all science. And then art. It's an art, too. It is an art. So you apply the science, but the art comes in in making things individualized to every person. And that's what I like about it. Because the science kind of the fact, and then the art is like figuring out what makes that person work and what makes them, what's going to make them perform better. So. That is awesome. So you are run coaching full-time now. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that transition from a full-time, perhaps nine-to-five job to working with other people and being a run coach. Um, So I guess when I decided that I wanted to do this, um, I was still working at my nine-to-five. So I worked for um, a pharmaceutical company in clinical trials um, for a long time after grad school. And... I, it was a nine to five for me. It was just, it wasn't a career. I didn't want to, you know, go advance and make it my, it wasn't, was not my dream job. And I, the reason why it was just wasn't fulfilling for me. When I started to coach people kind of on the side, like friends and family, I was like, wow, this is really what I want to do. So in 2010, I started run the long road coaching and I worked on it. Um, I had a few clients and I just did it on the side while I still worked my nine to five, um, for about three years. Um, knowing that once I had a kid, I would then not go back to work and, you know, get the opportunity to raise, you know, my daughter now Fiona, um, and also grow the business. And that's exactly what I did. So I left, I, she was born in January, um, in 2014. So in December of 20. 13, I left for maternity leave, knew I was not coming back, and um, which was it was a good feeling. And, you know, I had her, and then we then kind of just stayed with her, worked on the business a little bit um, more, grew it more part-time, and, you know, over the years, well, what was it, 2020 now, so here we are. So how many clients do you have right now? So right now, it's about 30 and counting, because people are starting to come back, working on their spring races. Um... Last year, I had, during the summer, which is usually, um, you know, the peak, because everyone's doing a fall race, um, I had 40. So, it's come a long way from having 10 when I was working at that, nine, you know, my 9 to 5, and having it part-time, just having 10 for a while. So, and just really being able, over the past few years, to really put a lot of time into growing it. So. That's awesome. Is there... Like a max amount of clients that you will take. So it can be overwhelming, I feel. It is. I had a hard time. 40 was a lot. Um, 
And I don't know how much above 40 I could go just with me because I'm, I'm, it's just, a, it's just me doing everything. Um, so yeah, I don't know how much above 40 I could go. So we'll see because 40 was a lot, but I also, you know, we had a lot of, um, big life changes, um, mm -hmm. last year. So, you know, having 40 and that those life changes started in May. So we're looking at, I'm talking about June, July, August, September, having, 40. So I don't know if I'm look. I'm talking about it from a, you know, a lens of our life was just so busy, but maybe if things were different, it wouldn't have been that busy. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having 40 clients plus a newborn. A newborn. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Cause so the newborn, he, um, we adopted in May and got a few hours notice. So our life changed in about 48 hours. So having him over the summer and having him home with us. And that was a lot. That's a lot. It's a blur. Yeah. It's a blur. <laughs> That's awesome. So what are some rewarding things about your job? Like what do you love about coaching? So it's fulfilling. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting that fulfillment that I never had from my nine to five. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously I think you, you would ask any coach, seeing people achieve their goals, no matter what that is. Um, Cause I take, you know, when you're a coach, you take on all of your runner's goals like they are your own. So you f you get those highs and the lows when they have a great race. Like, you know how you feel feel when you have a great race? So I feel the same way, um, even though I didn't race, you know what I mean? But um, I'm with that person for, especially my marathoners, you know, you see someone train for 6 to 20 weeks, uh, 16 to 20 weeks, sorry, um, and, you know, if they have a really good day, it's just amazing. You're on cloud nine with them. And then, you know, marathons are incredibly risky if they have a bad day. It's so frustrating because you saw what they did for 16 to 20 weeks and how they were ready and they were prepared physically and mentally and it just didn't work out. And that's, I think, you know, obviously the, the, the downside of my jobs is that I can have just highs and lows just with, you know, if you're having 10 people race on Sunday and you're up there, up and down, up and down that whole day. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, and would you say like that is the most challenging part of the job? Like seeing the, yeah, uh, I don't know, seeing people go through like, yes. Yeah. It is. It's hard. Cause I've been there myself, you know, and not, especially, um, when you're in, when you're working with marathoners, um, someone had, I read that marathoning, um, someone wrote a great quote, marathon is putting all your eggs into a very risky basket. It is. So you have all of this time devoted to training and you don't even really have a day to show it. You have a few hours. That's it. And you need like all the stars to align. You need the weather to cooperate. You need, um, you know, and I try to prepare for things as much as possible, like fueling and stomach issues. We try to tackle them in training, um, just cramps and mental stuff. And I try to get them as prepared as I can, but like, you know, things come up. Yeah. Yeah. Things come up that you never thought would come up. So yeah, that's, that's frustrating and definitely challenging, but it comes back to that art. You know, sometimes we take a few cycles to like kind of have that aha moment and be like, mm -hmm. okay, this is what's going to work. And that's, that's what I love. Yeah. Again, what, what I love about it. Everyone's different. Everyone is different. Yeah. And I do, I feel like, and maybe I know some people have had that in five K's, 10 K's, 10 milers, the ups and downs, but I feel like that marathon, like you could have like two drastically different races, you know, mm -hmm. like your first half could be like awesome 
And then, I don't know, even at, like, mile 20, it could just be, like, boom. Yeah. And it's, it is, I think, yeah, the, the challenge of that race in particular for the, the training. It is. It's very, and you can also have, um, you know, a couple, I mean, I've been there myself, you could have a couple really great training cycles in a row, but really bad and frustrating races before you get that breakthrough. And it's getting people to be like, you know, hang in there. So a bad few hours in a marathon does not negate 16 to 20 weeks of awesome training. And you stack those cycles on top of each other, you'll get that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. You'll get it. But, you know, we live in this instant gratification where, like, everybody wants things. Like, you know, we can order on Amazon and have it delivered the same day. And we want that with our running and our results, and it just doesn't work that way. It's like you have to be patient and just put your head down and do the work, and that's what's so hard. Yeah, and I think, and I don't know if I would necessarily advise this for everybody, but, like, my husband had this amazing training cycle over the summer into the marathon season. At mile 16, he pulled his hamstring, and it ended up being, like, a devastating end. He finished it, like, walking. It was, like, pretty traumatic for him, and then... You know, we were talking and we were, we had a race scheduled in in Minnesota and I said to him, like, you know, I was like, this hamstring heals, like, just try again. He was planning on doing a 10 miler. He upgraded (laughs) to the marathon (laughs) and it was so good to see him end on a positive note, you know, like, because it, it, it stinks. Like when that one day that you've been like training for and you paid for and you did everything and then he got his redemption, he got his redemption and I wouldn't suggest like. I don't know, a month later doing that for everybody, but in our situation, it was worth it. Yeah, and he didn't really, the first one, because of the hamstring, he didn't race it anyway. He ended yeah. up, yeah, so that he recovered quickly outside of the hamstring. All right, so we're going to dive into the workout portion, what this show is all about. So can you tell us a little bit about stretching and running? I know that there's a lot of opinions on this, and it's something that I even think over time, Um, we have changed our opinion in the fitness world about. Exactly, yeah. Um, So I think you and I, we can, you know, talk about stretching in the static world where you're, um, and just for the listeners, a static stretch is um, your calf stretch, your um, kneeling hip flexor stretch, like the runner's stretch, the quad stretch you'll see everyone do. and dynamic stretching, which is more movement-based stretching. Um, so my take on stretching, I mean, we could talk about stretching for hours, yes. but um, as far as static stretching, it's the biggest is do not do it pre-run. Um, and this is, I laugh because I see people at races, and I think it's more nervous energy. People static stretch before races all the time. You're in your corral, you'll see them like doing the quad stretch or stretching their hamstrings. And I always want to go over and be like, no, stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. Because, um, well, number one, your muscles are cold. Okay. Yes. You have not warmed up unless you've done your little half mile warm up and then you're static stretching, you know. Um, number one, your muscles are cold. Um, the research shows that it does not decrease your risk of injury, which I think is why a lot of folks are stretching before the run thinking it's going to decrease the risk of injury. Um, and it doesn't. And also the research shows it can decrease your performance um, because we do, you do need some leg stiffness to run efficiently. Okay. So by static stretching pre-run, you're decreasing some of that leg stiffness. Okay. So, um, so static stretching, my big thing is don't do it pre-run. 
you're better off served by doing dynamic stretching or more movement-based. And you want that movement specific to the sport you're going out to do, okay? So dynamic stretching for basketball would look different from running. Um, so there's a million things we can do for dynamic, and it doesn't have to be fancy. Um, so dynamic stretching and I think strength training, people get so overwhelmed by the possibilities of what you can do. They kind of just like, I'm not going to do anything because I don't know what to do. Um, but we were just talking the lunge matrix is, and all this stuff is, you can Google it. Um, I'll put some things yes. on the links of this podcast too so you can check out what we're talking about. Yeah. So the lunge matrix, Jen and I were just talking um, when we broke, we, we had a break. And the lunge matrix can be very demanding. Um, especially if you're not someone who does lunges a lot. So the thing with dynamic stretching, doing it pre-run is you don't want it to be so taxing that you compromise your run. Okay. So the lunge matrix, if you're going to do that, um, do just a few reps. Don't, you know, if you Google it, you might see 20 front lunges, 20 back lunges on each leg. That's intense. You're going to go out and your legs are going to feel like jelly. Okay. Um, there's another great one that I give um, to a lot of my runners if they have Achilles or lower or upper calf um, issues, if they kind of have um, their calves are kind of tight or, um, you know, they have like lots of knots and it's um, from James June. I can also let you know. It's, um takes about a minute and it's, you know, you're working um, on your Achilles lower calf and then going up into your upper calf. And... Um, Another thing is great is um, PT exercises. So if you have um, for glute activation, you want to activate your glutes um, using some of the band, doing some simple crab walks type of things, just working on the glutes and getting them fired and like warmed up and awake before you're going to go, especially if you're going to go run hills. Um, with that though, um, the band, I would use a lighter band sometimes in PT um, or, you know, your typical rehab, you use like a uh, blue or a black band come the heavier, thicker bands, go to like a yellow or green. Because again, you don't want to, you don't want it be so taxing. You have jelly legs. But there's a lot of stuff you can do. Oh, also, yoga, sun salutations, cat cow, all that stuff is great. So it doesn't have to be too formal. I, I like that too because I feel like I get up early to run a lot of times and I don't want to spend like those precious moments doing like a 10-minute lunch matrix no, in the no, morning. no. And that's where I think um, morning runners, like, I think yoga is even better because it's just more like, I mean, nothing feels better than doing cat-cat after you get out of bed, just stretching, going into a down dog, and then you're breathing. Like, I think that's great. Maybe lunch matrix is better for, like, the after-work runner when you're a little bit warmed up. Yeah, yeah. And I also feel like the, the game that spine working, too, to protect, like, the low back mm -hmm. would be really awesome. Yeah. Um... That, those are really awesome, and I'm definitely going to put some links yes. on there because I do think that we can be more effective with how we warm up because we do kind of have to warm up a little bit before we run. Like what – and you talked about that too. You don't want to just like run on cold legs. Yeah, you just don't want to head out the door, especially if you're a morning runner. Yeah. Going out – and I know everyone's time crunched in the morning. We're trying to run before work. Um, I'm talking three minutes, just a few minutes, um, nothing, not a big time investment, just to wake up. Prepare your body for the demands of running. Prepare your muscles for the demands of running. Um, what is one stretch or workout that you will never skip? So I, so we can get out, and I'm sure we'll probably ask about this, like poster on what to do. Okay. So um, 
but I mean, so it depends on what I do. I'll give I'll give you an example of what I give my runners a lot of times. So as far as a static stretch, um, uh, I think the couch stretch, um, which if you you can Google the couch stretch and you're going to get a million YouTube videos. Um, the one I want folks to is Kelly Starrett. Um, he is, I think he, I don't know if he's a physical therapist, but he wrote the book Ready to Run, which is a phenomenal, it's a great book. And he has um, another one, I forget, the name, the name is escaping me now. But if you Google Kelly Starrett, and you can put this in your show notes, but um, his couch stretch, because he gives different levels. And essentially it's a hip flexor stretch by using um, you know, your couch or a wall, where you're, you know, kind of tucking your leg up behind, and it can be very intense. So he gives different levels of it, mm. um, and I think that's good for everyone who sits all day. We sit, our hip flexors shorten, we're in that crunched, you know, flex position. So that's a really good stretch. I think that could benefit anyone. Um, so that's one that I would. That's a static stretch that I would probably say you could, you know, anyone could do. All right. So you mentioned a lot about the hip stretches. Um, mm. This is like, I think, big for a lot of runners. So I coached primarily girl athletes in high school, middle school. And I think that as our bodies change as women, that is where a lot of the injury started to unfold. And I know there's a lot of different opinions on stretching the hips. What are your beliefs, thoughts, things that you've seen work on the athletes that you coach? Rehab for the hips. Um, huge, um, especially postpartum, because you just mentioned the changes, mm -hmm. especially postpartum, because, you know, your hips widen um, to prepare for childbirth and all of that, and it doesn't just go back, you know, I mean, right. you can attest to that, it doesn't just go back after you had the baby, um, so you're, you know, when you're starting out postpartum, you're kind of running in a different body, you really are, and you have to figure out, you know, that new way of, you know, that first run postpartum feels so awkward. Yeah. You're like, what's going on, right? Yeah. yeah. Really so. excited, and then you're like, this doesn't feel amazing. Exactly, right? <laughs> you're so excited, and you're like, ah, it didn't feel like I wanted it to feel. <laughs> so, um, but I think the rehab, um, again, just we just talked about the couch stretch. I think anyone can benefit. I think every person can benefit from um, hip rehab. And hip rehab is... You know, the clamshells, um, sideline, abduction, crab walks, monster walks, all of that stuff. Everyone can benefit from that. So a little interjection here. Um, that was my dog. He normally likes to hang out upstairs uh, watching the kids when they take a nap. And today he prefers to be drinking his water bowl and eagerly getting inside so he doesn't miss out on the action of this podcast. All right, so where in training can we find time for this, I guess, hip stretch or strengthen, mm -hmm. strength training? So when stretching, always post-run, you know, because we just talked about don't do, so the couch stretch, if you're going to do that, do a post-run. Um, or if you're going to do it on a non-run day, just make sure you're warmed up, um, just like they do. Like if you go to, if you've ever been to physical therapy, they'll make you walk on the treadmill for a few minutes before you do your exercises, or they'll give you a heat pad just to warm up the muscles um and then as far as rehab so when I say rehab strength training um doing all those hip exercises the clamshells um the crab walks monster walks so ideally what you want to do is keep your hard days hard and your easy days easy so if you're um doing a speed workout that day 
you'd want to do your strength training afterwards, okay? So then the next day is either, you know, you're going to do an easy run. That's all you're going to do that day. So that day is still truly easy. Um, then I run into with my runners, um, and I get it too, sometimes your hard days, your speed workouts, or your longer workouts. So then it's a time crunch because it's like, okay, so now you want me to run for an hour plus, and then I have to come home and do my strength work. Um, it doesn't need to be immediately after. So if you have to come home, shower, go to work, you can do your strength work later that night. Um, but if it's a time crunch and you have to do it on an easy day, so be it. Um, consistency trumps everything, but ideally you want to keep those hard days hard, easy days easy. But again, I get it. Time is precious. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I'm just, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking of how a lot of times runners, athletes think strength training is like going to the gym and lifting weights. And I love how again, the science behind running has evolved where you don't have to just go and like do bicep curls or leg press. I think that there's ways to strengthen the running muscles, mm -hmm. swimming muscles, whatever it is that you're doing without necessarily adding on another trip perhaps. No, everything, um, again, I get, getting back when we talked about dynamic, I think runners want to strength train, but they're so overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, go to Instagram and you could get overwhelmed by what you should, quote unquote, should be doing. It does not need to be complicated. Um, when you're in the thick of training, if you're training for a 5K or a marathon, I ask my runners, give me like two 20-minute sessions a week. Um, and you could do it in your home. Body weight, push-ups are great. Push-ups are phenomenal and they're hard. Mm -hmm. um, tricep dips. So I'm talking about body weight exercises here where I'm not even talking about lifting, um, a, you know, a weight yet. Um, and that band work, the hip work, yes, I do consider that strength training because when they're done correctly and slowly, you're sore the next day. Yeah. You are. Yeah. You know, add in some squats and some lunges. It doesn't have to be fancy. Um, again, it's consistency over you know, what you should be doing. So, um, and then in the off season, that's when you can explore going for longer and adding more sessions. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, a little bit goes a long way with that. Um, and again, you know, just trying to keep it on your hard days, which for me is me personally is my issue because those hard days end up being so long and I've run short on time. I, know? and I think that's, a lot of people. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, but it's it is important to strengthen the hip flexors, the glute area, um, because I do again, you know, coaching young athletes and as they're maturing and developing, that's where I see a lot of the injuries come from. And even myself, I had plantar fasciitis. I want to say like six years ago now, and um, basically it was because my hip. It was a hip issue, and instead of doing the cortisol shots, all those things, they immediately just like went into the hip strengthening. And I will say that is some of the most sore I've ever been was PT for my plantar fasciitis, which is on your foot, by the way. It's not even like on your hips. Oh. So it was, it's yeah. important. It's, yeah. Phys if you've ever been to physical therapy, it's very intense. I have been there and I would leave sweating just <laughs> as much as I was if I was doing a run in the summer and the heat. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, you never know, um, like you mentioned with PF, plantar fasciitis, um, that's one of those tricky injuries because it's like, you know, is it coming from the hip? Is it coming down from below? 
Um, usually we're always kind of looking up the chain. So when I say up the chain, I'm thinking like the hip region or down the chain, um, your foot, your ankle. Um, and I think kind of giving um, kind of the, one of my mantras is always go. I, I love, I mentioned, I'm mentioning physical therapy all the time here on this podcast, mm-hmm. but um, I think getting an evaluation if something is going on from a physical therapist, because they look for the root cause as to why, instead of like you mentioned, getting a cortisone injection and mentioning like the, the Band-Aid fix. Mm-hmm. Because giving someone that's fine, you know, if you get a cortisone, and sometimes cortisone injections are warranted, okay? But as a first go-to, that's only giving you some relief. Mm-hmm. But what caused your PF? Like you said, like, you know, it's the hip. It was a strength issue. Mm-hmm. Attacking that, so the long-term solution is there. Right, and that ties back to, like, we want that quick fix in the society. Yes, we do. But sometimes yes. we kind of have to maybe just practice through it. And Yeah, and just, you know, and it also depends where you are in your race. Is it right before the marathon? And, right, right. You know, it de- it depends, but I, I that's why I love physical therapy. So if someone is one of my runners having an issue, I'm like, can you go see a physical therapist? Because they're going to watch you run. They're going to do assessments on you, functional movement assessments, and determine, you know, what's going on foot, ankle issue, hip issue, you know, um, nothing. Everyone thinks, you know, we do get a lot of pain in the knee, like IT band runner's knee. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, the knee, um, I had a, a running coach who was, um, when I took my RRCA certification way back when, she's phenomenal. She's an exercise physiologist. She always says the knee is an innocent victim <laughs> to a weak butt uh-huh. or an unsupported foot. So it's either up the chain or down the chain. Everything that originates in the knee is always coming from someplace else. It's never really the knee doing it to itself. Right. So yes. Yeah. So what are things that we should be doing post-run besides maybe this strengthening of the hips, the couch stretch? Mm -hmm. So post-run, my thing is, again, we're coming back to time crunch runners. No one has copious amounts of time when they come home from their run. So if you got 10 minutes... You get more bang for your buck with self-myofascial release. And we'll just call that SMR from now on so we don't have to say that. SMR. Um, so if you have 10 minutes um, and what that looks like. So, you know, why, what is self-myofascial release and what is it, why is it important? So it's important because we have fascia everywhere in our bodies, okay? So running is a very repetitive motion. We're doing single leg hops moving forward. For mile, over and over for miles and miles. Um, so we have tissue trauma with that and that there's a cycle of inflammation um, and adhesions to our fascia. So our fascia covers our muscles and we want it this fluid supple. And when it fluid and supple, so that repetitive motion, we can get trauma, we can get these adhesions with sort of like these sticky trigger points. And over time, if we're not breaking and interrupting that cycle, it can actually restrict the muscle and the, what it does. So you can have um, a muscle imbalance, okay, which can, you know, injury. So myofascial release is taking those adhesions and kind of getting that, restoring that fascia back to that supple, fluid, um, how it's supposed to be. So what that looks like, it could be a foam roller. It could be working with a lacrosse ball. Um, if you have an R8, you know, one of those, that fancy, like, really scary contraption looking, which does the film <laughs> rolling for you, um, does the rolling for you. Um, it doesn't have to be, again, you can play around and find out what works. Um, you know, for calves, I like to use like the yoga block and the lacrosse ball on top and then put your um, calf on top mm-hmm. versus using the foam roller. 
feel like the foam roller doesn't, for me, doesn't get in that, doesn't get in that deep to your calf. Um, but if you have 10 minutes after your run, again, you're going to interrupt that cycle of trauma, inflammation, adhesions by doing self-myofascial release. So that's why I always say to do that, to do some kind of rolling after your run. However, if you have, I have people like, I have the stretching, the static stretch routine I always do. I'm faithfully dedicated to it. Go for it. That's fine. Because static stretching is best after a run, after you're obviously your muscles are nice and warm. So um, my take is do the self-myofascial release. And if you have more time, then do static stretching. Go for it. You know, um, that's when you do your couch stretch. But um, I'm a big fan of the SMR. It's so funny. I feel like foam rolling and I have like, a love-hate relationship. Like, it's not just you. I mean, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that I turn to it when I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sore in my uh-huh. IT band. I better get out that foam roller. But really, if I just pulled it out, I wouldn't necessarily find the need to do it later on before I stopped, hopefully, an injury from coming. Foam, roll is, foam rolling is a very reactive versus proactive activity. I always ask my runners, where's your foam roller? They're like, oh, it's in my closet. I'm like, yeah. Keep it out. Mm-hmm. Um, someplace where you can see it. And that's always a reminder to do it. And again, it doesn't have to, we're saying foam roller. It could be anything. Um, sometimes a lacrosse ball is great. Um, have a lacrosse ball. I used to have a lacrosse ball at my desk when I had like my nine to five job. And just like, you can sneaky ways, you can like in your cube, you can foam roll or with your lacrosse ball. Um, and uh, so yeah, it doesn't have to be, just have it someplace visible. So it's always a reminder um, because most people reach for it when they need it versus, you know, and it doesn't have to be people are like, well, how many minutes should I foam roll? You know, <clears throat> excuse me, you can start on your quads if your quads feel great. And then, you know, you don't have to spend much time on them. Go to your hamstrings. If your hamstrings feel like you have some trigger points or some knots, then spend more time on your hamstrings. It doesn't have to be, you know, and don't neglect your upper back, mm. which is great. Laying on a foam roller, um, Kind of, you know, it's a podcast where people are listening. They can't see my hands, but you know, like almost like you're about to do a sit up. So you put your, you interlace your fingers behind your neck, and foam rolling that upper back region, especially after we sit at a computer all day and we're hunched over and typing, feels phenomenal. And this might even be something you do at the end of the day, right before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. We let our son watch like. 10, 20 minutes of a show, that might be your time or my time to pull the foam roller. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. We don't have any commercials anymore. I know. Right? So you can do it during a commercial, but you can't do that anymore. So, um, yeah. So whenever you have a little bit of time. And again, it's consistency. It doesn't have to be the set, you know, amount of time per day. Right. Just doing it. A couple minutes. A couple minutes. Awesome. So... Christy and I, as I mentioned at the beginning, we do a yoga for athletes workshop. I think this is going to be our fourth that we've done together. I think so. Um, yeah. So why do you think that this event is important for people, runners, anyone who's involved in fitness? Well, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I think it's pretty great. Um, yoga for athletes is great. Um, and then it's also at Yoga Home, which is also great. Um, if anyone, um, I'm going to give a plug for yoga home because they're awesome. But if anyone who's never been to yoga home and if you're kind of on the fence, it is truly one of the most inviting 
and welcoming, unpretentious spaces I've ever seen. Um, I think Maura and Carrie work really hard at that, and it's evident. So if you are thinking about yoga for athletes and are a little nervous because you're not an experienced quote-unquote yogi, throw that idea out the window and just come join us because it's very, um, it's a great space. It's very inviting. But um, yoga for athletes is just, um, I mean, I think you and I do a good job of switching it up each time. Yeah. And bringing relevant ticks and, um, um, tricks and tips for, you know, we mostly get runners, but we make it general to any athlete. Um, and I think if you're new to yoga, I think the mindfulness piece helps a lot. Um, I think it's great for if you're, uh, if you're doing races to recruit, you know, if mindfulness, you know, will decrease your race anxiety. The mindfulness aspect, getting all of our tips and tricks. Um, I usually, you know, you lead a flow which is based on what runners need. And then I usually talk about some kind of topic that I think what I'm going to do this time is kind of running form. Mm. Easy tips and tricks that you can leave that day to work on your running form. So, yeah. So, I mean, yoga for athletes is great. It really is. Yeah, and I, I feel like we do have, like, little giveaways at the end and things yes. like that. But I really feel like also, like, the group of people that come in are so fun. It's always different every time. It is different. And kind of like what we were talking about, I do a lot of stretches that are needed for runners. And by getting there, when we talk about the dynamic and static stretching, our legs are a little bit warm so that we can start stretching into the legs. Like, our shoulders will be warm before we start stretching the shoulders. And that is kind of a principle of yoga. Like, you wouldn't start class in pigeon pose or lizard yes. lunge, right? You need to be nice and warm before you can stretch those hip flexor muscles. Another reason why it's good, because you just when you just said that, it reminded me, if you're doing a long run that day, because it's on a Saturday, mm -hmm. and it's in the afternoon, so if you're training for spring race and doing a long run, it's the perfect thing you can do after your long run. There you go. There's your strength training, perhaps. Yes. Day. And your yeah. good stretch. It'll make you feel, yeah, I was like, when you said pigeon and lizard, I'm like, oh, that's perfect post-long run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why we actually do it in February now, because it's a great way to, like, I guess, kickstart the spring season. And also, I think when you get into the fall, there's so much stuff going on that it's a little more challenging. So. Yes. I think yeah. February is the is the perfect time of year to do it. Yeah. Awesome. So here are the three questions that I ask every single person on the show. Um, the first question is, what stretches are you doing in your own life? And this is general. It, could, it doesn't have to be fitness related at all or running related in mm -hmm. this case. So what are you doing to stretch your mind, <laughs> body, or soul? Oh, boy. Um, so we, we just talked about this the other day. So... I am ripping off a marathon band-aid and doing, it's so funny, I'll say that, um, I'm marathon number 14 in May, Whoa. my 14th, but I always, have, I, I haven't done one in since 2016, so I almost feel like a newbie again. So uh, talk about stretching, oh my gosh, stretching everything. Yeah. I, mean, I can't even wrap my head around it with, um, so Jen and I were talking to, I feel like we're having this conversation, yeah. we have to let our <laughs> listeners know a couple days how we're just very intimidated about the idea of training for a marathon, um, again, because we both have babies, um, very little kids, six months and seven months, or seventh and eight, seven and eight months soon. 
um, year olds and they were sleeping through the night and now they're not Mm -hmm. and we're exhausted (laughs) and we don't know how we're going to wrap our head around long runs. And so, yeah, I'm nervous. Um, I think that's refreshing to hear. Like I'm a coach, but I'm terrified to rip this bandaid off in May and just do another marathon, even though it's my 14th one. But so yes, that's, I'm stretching a lot. We're raising mind, body, energy. Yeah, and like that comes to the soul. Like it takes a lot out of you. But I, I've had this conversation with my husband. Like he's like, Jen, you can't just quit, right? Just because like you might have been up a little earlier than you wanted to. Like uh-huh. you can't just quit. And I think that's what kind of taps into like who we are, right? Yeah. That's when I think adrenaline takes over. And I'm like, well, here's the plan. I can't not do it. <laughs> I know. And you know what? Like we also said, there's never going to be a good time. Yeah. We have kids. They're little. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get sick. Yeah. Right. And I'm also dealing with sicknesses constantly from daycare. Um, but they're always going to be sick and we're never going to have a, ma- a good amount of time and we're never going to be fully well rested. So why not? Right. I mean, I feel Carpe like. Carpe right? Carpe diem. <laughs> like 10 years down the road, it's going to be something different, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because, well, 10 years down the road, they're going to be involved in sports. Yeah. And we're going to be spending our Saturdays and Sundays on like sidelines somewhere. Right. So, you know. And then we'll complain about that because we have no time. We'll be running around like the baseball field. So, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to hear about how your training goes. Oh, so, yay. <laughs> um, what is something that you are enjoying doing in your life for you right now? Oh, for me? Oh, um, <sighs> I don't know. Um, for me right now. Oh, this is going to be lame. Um. So you'll probably agree with me though. The end of the day, you're just exhausted. The kids are in bed. Um, I really look forward to, yeah, this is going to make me sound really lame. Um, Matt and I sit on the couch and watch an hour of television and I look forward to it every day. And then I look forward to going to bed afterwards Yeah, and it's really early. I usually go to bed between like 8.30 and 9. Yeah. It's really early. No, that's awesome. That's for you though. It's like that you're running around, you're doing all this stuff. And, you know, as a coach, as a mom, as a wife, you are giving all of you. Like, you're uh-huh. being present so much for other people yes. that you – it's okay to like, – I'm brain dead. Yes. And I just sit on the couch, and we and Matt usually falls asleep because um, he can't stay awake. As soon as he sits down, he falls asleep. And then I'm always like, this is my one hour where I can watch <laughs> mindless television, and then I can go to bed afterwards. So, um, luckily, my kids go to bed really early. So um, – but yeah, that's what I do for myself. I'm not horrible. No, people, I wish I had a better like meditate every day. I wish I had a better answer, but that's honestly no. What people I do. are always like, you should watch this show, and I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of like thought into the show. Like, I oh, yeah, I want like a sitcom. Like, I need something yes. light, and I know I'll go back to watching like a great television one day. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the same way at the end yeah. of the day. No, just yeah. something, just. You know, and we'll get, we'll watch a show, we'll get, we'll, you know, whatever people are talking about, we'll watch, and I, that's what I look forward to, and I guess that's doing something for myself. It is. I, yeah, that's a little R&R. I think self-care can be a lot of things. Yes. And that is a That's my self-care right now. Mm -hmm. Cool. And right now, what is something you can't stop talking about? (laughs) I'm going back to television. (laughs) So, no, we're watching, um, You Season 2. Did you watch the first? No. Tell, okay. tell us So about it's it. Netflix. Um, yeah. Is it Netflix? Yeah. But um, so season um, one was really, really good. Um, it's kind of like a psychological thriller, I guess. Ooh. So um, with the guy from Gossip Girl, not the main character. Um, now I'm really showing Is it like the wealthy, the wealthy guy? No, not. Um, 
Oh, so it's um Penn Badgley, I think his name. He has like the. Oh, the doesn't hair. he play like a villain in this? Yes, yeah. He was like a good guy on Gossip Girl. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So I can't even believe I'm admitting that I watched Gossip Girl, but yeah, I did. I did watch Gossip oh, Girl, think- but I. So he is like super creepy um in this show, but um so yeah, I'm watching. We're watching you season two right now, and um I won't give any spoilers. Actually, I'm not even done it, so I can't give too many spoilers, but. It's not as obviously not as good as season one, but I every time I talk to someone who's watching it, I'm always like, oh, we're like just I can't I, so I can't stop talking about it with the other people that I've seen it. So that's my yeah. Again, really lame. Sorry, listeners. I can't. Yeah, I'm just I love it. Check it out. Check I'm a dorky mom. I yeah. you know go to bed early and I watch TV, television and I can't stop <laughs> talking about it. So <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. on this episode. Um, I feel like you have given the listeners so much and I, I'm personally excited. I could talk about stretching all the time. Mm -hmm. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And yeah, we'll be seeing more of Christy shortly. So that wraps up our workout portion of butt first stretch. If you are interested in learning more about Coach Christy and Run the Long Road, please check her out on her webpage in the show notes, uh, also runthelongroad.com. You can also follow her on social media like Instagram, and you can see how she's inspiring other people to become better runners, especially distance runners. Um, we are going to tap into the meditation And I chose and wrote this meditation because in this episode, we talked a lot about the physical stretch and strengthening of the body so we avoid injury. And I wanted to apply the stretch of our mind, which can center our bodies. So we're going to be working on this grounding meditation, allowing a little bit of stretch in our headspace. I have been, um, people have been asking me for a walking meditation, so I have started practicing, and I will be coming out with a walking meditation shortly. So you're welcome to pull out a notebook or anything, but if there's something that comes up to you at the end or during meditation, please feel free to jot it down. So this meditation is meant for stretching our breath, and expands our awareness. Come to a comfortable seat on the floor, a pillow, a blanket, or a chair. If you are seated in a chair, let your feet connect to the earth so you can get grounded. Your eyes can be closed or lower your gaze towards the floor so they are relaxed. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. Bring awareness to the body. Gently scan your body. Notice any areas of tightness. Send breath into those areas.
Begin to set an intention, a goal, a wish for the day or week ahead. Visualize it. Breathe in and hold your breath at the top, just for a moment. Exhale out. Feel any sensations in the body. Breathe in a little slower and hold your breath at the top. Just let it pause. Exhale out more slowly. Feel any sensations in the body. Breathe in more slowly. Hold your breath at the top. Just let it linger. Exhale out even more slowly, feeling the sensations in the body as you exhale. Do this several more times at your own breath and your own pace. Notice the body and how you are feeling. When you are ready, take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. Bring your awareness back into the room 
and gently open the eye. Thank you so much for listening to episode four, Stretching on But First Stretch. Again, I really appreciate all the support. And if you have any questions or would like to reach out to me, please do so. You're welcome to go to FitFamConchi at Facebook, Instagram, or my personal pages, Jen McCracken. Have a wonderful day.